1: The Chumba Life is for everybody, so go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
0: Ch-ch-chumba.
1: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus
1: terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock podcast. It's me and Peter again. Hi Pete, how are you doing? Hey, Ross, good Thanks, yeah. you. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. We're going to be reviewing the West Ham game, but we're also going to be previewing Arsenal. And to that end, we are welcoming back somebody we had on before to preview a previous game between our two sides. Um, It is Guna, Jason Saunders. How are you, Jason? I'm good, thank you. How are you all? Yeah, all good. Not too bad. Good Christmas. Yeah, not too bad. How about yourselves? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm saying you probably had a better one than you might have been Thinking you were, uh, we were saying off air with the decent results against Chelsea. Um,
0: yeah, I said yeah, unexpected, but I'd definitely take those three points at the moment. Take <laughs> anything at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get into all things uh, on the matter of the Arsenal game uh, in due course. Um, we'll also get your views. I think on what you think of the season so far, because it's been uh, strange times for Arsenal overall. Um, we wanted to start with the West Ham game, though, and this is where. Peter and I will probably um, bore you to death for a little bit. Um, The um, the West Ham game, two-all draw. Um, We took the lead twice. Ultimately, as having done so, we got to come away feeling pretty disappointed not to have come away with the three points. Um, Overall, was that the way you feel about it, Peter?
2: Yeah, very frustrated. It was um, definitely two points drop. West Ham were frankly dreadful. I thought. I know people said they were improved in second half, but I didn't think they were any good in second half either, to be honest. They had a little bit more creativity, but they didn't really do much with it. And, yeah, we let them let them off the hook with two very, very soft goals that kind of sums up our season, really. We don't really score generally, and then when we do, we kind of mess it up by conceding two very, very poor goals. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll come that- on for the reason, the faults the, the behind the goals and the reasons behind them. But, yeah, it, it's just... it's Games like that that make me think we actually could well go down because you, if you don't win games when you're on top like that one, then... Frankly, you. when do you win? Yeah, uh...
1: I was feeling pretty deflated by it uh, for the same reasons. I do think it's becoming too often the case that we're, as you said, not capitalising on the opportunities we have got to get points. Um, again, you know, that I agree with you. I think West Ham were really poor in the first half. Um, we were, weren't too dissimilar to the Sheffield United game in terms of not being able to get a cutting edge and get through them. Um, we did, thankfully, in the end, get the, get the goal that our overall play deserved. Um, if not our chance creation, um, with with a well-taken goal from Warpay, actually, which is good to see. Um, well-worked move. We did look like the, the this move was going to break down, but then when it dropped for us, which is something that hasn't happened very often in the box, to be fair, um, when it did, we this time capitalised. A good little shot on the turn. Um, I think, you know, the accuracy of it was the thing. Um, getting a shot on target was probably not going to be that much of an achievement, but getting it in a dangerous spot where the goalie couldn't really get to it. I think it was a good finish. Goldie couldn't have done much about that. And um, a lead that we did deserve at half-time. But I I mean... I agree with you that I think we just didn't capitalise in the
2: whole match. Yeah, it I, I
1: feel, I think the it first felt like half, we were two goals up on them in the first half in, in
2: terms of the way they were playing. Exactly. I mean, they, did, they didn't have any ambition in the first half and the goal was the first time we really went at them with a bit of pace. We didn't, I know it sounds ironic to say it with a Dan Burncross because of his height, but actually we actually attacked with a bit of pace down the left flank and we actually really kind of went for them rather than so often turning back inside, cutting in, playing the ball inside where it was too crowded and not really kind of, Looking like we were going to score, we didn't actually test the keeper at all. We had one shot straight at him, I think, in the first half, but we didn't actually test him at all. And mm. yet, yet we had all the possession, all the, all the, all the shots and that sort of thing, but nothing really testing until that one from Mope. And it's, it's frustrating because we have, yeah, the possession. We have all, all the stats. Yeah.
1: Well, Peter's um, so upset about it, he's freezing up for the moment. Uh, <laughs> so he's, uh, he's, he's clearly um, clearly upset. <laughs> um, well, we'll carry on. We'll improvise for a minute. Hopefully, he'll come back in a second. But I think the point was uh, pretty much being made there that uh, we didn't do the best that we could have done with the game. And um, while we are waiting to see if Peter comes back into action, Jason, I'll bring you back in on that one. Um, does this sound pretty familiar to you, with past Arsenal sides? A lot of possession. Um, overplaying it in the final third that kind of thing oh, Peter's back actually we'll, we'll, we'll ask anyway Chase, do you want
0: to answer that one first yeah it does sound all too familiar like I said we always tend to have a lot of possession uh, a lot of sideways passing backwards passing but trying to make that possession into obviously goals is the frustrating thing at the moment because it's just not happening obviously until a boxing day but um, yeah the opposition keeper always seem to be having a sort of easy life at the moment so uh it's just i think it's in terms of personnel as well and probably the system which we can touch on obviously later on in the show but i think those are the key elements
1: yeah yeah and we've as peter was saying and peter is back welcome back peter everyone's obviously using their wi-fi at the same time to use the new ps5 or whatever it, I, my it, internet state uh, apparently connection is unstable a bit like me so uh <laughs> it's the football that does it um yeah i mean you were saying earlier that we when we do score, I mean, we've been criticised for not being able to score goals all season, but actually we have in stages scored a fair few goals. Um, but the problem has been, as you've said, um, keeping the, the other teams out when we do. And um, we gifted two equalisers, really. I mean, they were both highly avoidable, in my opinion. Um, the first one, uh, well, I don't know. Do you want to talk talk through that one? What's your view on it? Because you, oh, Yeah,
2: I was going to be a bit controversial about this. So I completely... Get the uh, I, I've seen quite a lot of comments on North Stand chat and other places that that basically Sanchez wasn't at fault in any way for the goals, mainly by people who were criticizing Ryan. Now, I I genuinely think if Ryan had been in goal for that game yesterday, he'd have been heavily criticized for both goals by the same people who were saying that Sanchez isn't at fault. For the first mm-hmm. goal, he shouldn't have come off his line. He'd cut. There was like enough players ahead of him, and he, and he then left a massive hole in the yeah in the in the far corner of the goal to actually have kind of, obviously for Johnson to put the ball into, and he took it really well, but. He shouldn't have left his line there. He also then, for the second goal, if he's that commanding, he should have come off. He was only on the edge of the six-yard box. It wasn't that far out. Dunk should have done better with the header. No question. White should have marked Zucic, but Sanchez could have stopped that all by coming and claiming it. That's not to say. That's not to say I particularly am advocating him being dropped. I don't, I'm not particularly having a go at him. I also thought his his handling was a bit questionable at a couple of occasions. And there was one occasion he pushed it straight to a West Ham player in the area when it looked like he should have caught it. And, there was a, and then there was a few times where he kicked it straight out of play. What I'm saying is the hypocrisy of certain people is that because Ryan, when Ryan was doing performing like this, say, that if they, he had done that, they'd have been all over him saying he was terrible and he should be dropped and he can't save anything. But because yeah. when Sanchez had a bad game, I don't mind. He had done really well up to this point. I'm not saying he should be dropped, but at least be honest and say Sanchez, be, you know, define Sanchez by the same marker you would have defined Ryan, which people aren't doing from what i can see online yeah i think that's fair
1: enough um one thing for sure it
2: was the same old same old wasn't
1: it um problems defending set pieces um people have been talking about zonal marking and i do think that's partly to blame again here
2: but i don't think it was just that a lot zonal marking. why on earth does any team do zonal marking yeah it doesn't it, make it, sense it just, seems but, to, it just seems to make you worse at defending it yeah. knows i don't understand why it was invented it's if you mark your man mark your man that's it simple yeah, yeah, that's a difficult game. If you, if you, if you, you, know, if, you, if, you do, if you do the simple things.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that headed equaliser. It was it was very frustrating because um, again, the men the man's been lost. I don't think we picked up the players as well as we should have done anyway. But you're allowing an attacking player to, who's a big guy. Usually, that's what they're there for. Their
2: main to, target, probably, arguably main
1: target to come in, arrive at the box late, steal a march on everybody, run in. And the, having the
2: momentum and the, the running jump, you've got natural advantage. Um, aside As from- said, if Dunk had done his job, that wouldn't have mattered. We'd have, yeah. you know, no one would, well, people wouldn't notice, but it'd have been like, it'd have been a, a footnote rather than anything else. I mean, what Dunk was trying to do. Yeah. But yeah, Sanchez could save, solve that all by coming and claiming it on the six yard box, I think, personally. Um,
1: yeah, that's,
2: a rather, <laughs> that's the other point you're making, isn't it, about Sanchez? I, think yeah. all, I would say all three of them are at fault. Arguably, I would say Dunk's the most because he, he has the header. What does he, you know... Surely, at most times, you know, 99 times out of 100, he heads that away. Mm. I don't understand why, what he's trying to do, what happened, whether he got wrong-footed or whether by someone in front of him or something. I don't know, but he... Yeah. You, uh, you'd like to think
1: that all three are being blamed in terms of analysis of it in order yeah. to coach it for next time. I hope that's the case. I don't know. We're still struggling to deal with set-piece defending, so I'm wondering if that's the case. But we do seem to keep... Conceding those, and yeah, I think all three were to blame to some degree. You could say there's a, a slight element of bad luck with that as well because Dunk did get a contact on it and the player did kind of thud through behind. Yeah. I mean, he
2: didn't quite know what, what was going to happen. He had a massive bit of good luck for our second goal as well. Yeah, and, that's true. Even if you ignore the handball, I mean, I don't think he actually hit his hand personally, but if you ignore that, it could have bounced anywhere and it bounced right in front of Dunk to score. So yeah. you could argue those two can't each other out in that sense.
1: Yeah, well, this is my other point. Um, I, I felt that one thing, although it was some good build-up play um, for the first goal, ultimately, it was a matter of the the ball seemed to have broken away from us, and then it dropped for us. And the second goal, we dunked, same thing again. It actually dropped for us. Yeah. So, for once, we're getting some, should we say, some natural flow luck. during yeah. Yeah, yeah, the referee, for once, was somebody we don't need to moan about in this game, I don't yeah. think. Um, the only official's issue there is, yeah, about the VAR on the dunk potential handball. I, I don't know, Jason, if you've seen the game. I, I know you said you were going to squat up and have a look. Did you manage to catch I that? And what's your I view see,
0: on it? I did see dunk's goal. And the thing is, it's, they always say, obviously, it would be a I in because it gives it an advantage, obviously, to the mm. an attacker. And I think, I, I can't see why it took so long for them to actually give that goal. Because it was a perfectly good goal. Fair enough. Okay. His arm was in a natural position as well, so if it did sort of clip him on the arm, which I don't think it did, it should yeah. have it, it. should not have taken so long. Yeah, the pundits seem to say anything between um,
1: it was slightly a handball and it, um, but it would have been very yeah, unfair. Sure that
2: it, position it. thing applies to attacking. I think it's only defensively. I think yeah. this thing they've got now. I thought attacking wise, any sort of handball was disallowed, but I could be wrong. The rules change every five yeah, minutes. So. Every week, do. <clears throat>
0: yeah.
2: really? like, I don't think anyone knows quite what the rule is really. No, I, yeah. I, I actually don't think it hit his hand. I think it kind of hit under, it, kind of under, yeah. His, under yeah, but it just below his uh, arm and that sort of thing. Yeah, on and went some off. find
1: are to saying um, it, it did hit his hand, but it would have been incredibly unlucky to give. Others are saying it didn't hit his hand. I, I agree with you guys. I don't think it did. From the from the main angle they showed, particularly in the off, just after the goal had been awarded, they were re-showing it a few times. From that angle, it looks like it just catches him. Ricochets off the top of his leg into his midriff and then back out. Yeah, that's it must have strange. gone very, very close to the un- underside of his arm, but I'm not sure it did touch. From another angle, it looks like it might have done, yeah. but it would have been so incidental, wouldn't it? And I mean, it, we
2: listened to West Ham away last year, really wasn't it? When when we had Murray had that goal to allowed and then re and then allowed again. That's true. Yeah, handball. Yeah,
1: Um I mean, I do think they've got to. They still need to work on the rule a bit because I think you can understand how unintentional handballs that don't gain an advantage should be allowed to be waved on and they're not being at the moment for the attacking players. And um, they're a bit more benevolent with the, with the defending players, aren't they? But, but where, I mean, if it gains an advantage deliberate or otherwise that leads to a goal, I think it's fair enough to disallow it. But I don't think you really, with that dunk run, even if it had touched his, his arm, I don't think there was any discernible advantage gained. It was already kind of in that area of his body. It was going to have more or less the same drop, drop point anyway, wasn't it? I think you're going
0: in the same position. if he hit his arm or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and
2: yeah. It's even those who said it was disallowed, should have been, could have been disallowed, were saying that, that they were glad it wasn't in a way, because, you know, it would have been ridiculous to, from like yeah. two yards away, so even if it hits his hand, his arm. To,
1: yeah. To, I mean, with, with the season we're having with decisions and, and with Hooper, who's not exactly our best friend, uh, being in charge of the game, I was fearing the worst, yeah.
2: <laughs> despite everything. You're just basically um, to be called over to VAR, aren't you? Because that pretty much guarantees it'll be overturned. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean. But, um, no, yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I agree. It was, uh, it, it should have been given. It was given. Good finish, actually, uh, from Dunk. Yeah, Dunk's yeah. been looking like... Yeah, I mean, he's it, been looking like he was going to score. He's been getting a little bit back to his better play again after a, a little bit of a bad spell. Um, and he's been looking threatening in the last two or three games, hasn't he, Peter? he's been yeah, looking yeah. like the goal was coming.
2: He had a couple of efforts against Fulham, didn't he? And
1: uh... yeah. yeah, double shot. And then there was a header just wide in the uh, chef game, was it, I think? Or was yeah. it the... Yeah, but yeah. So so not bad overall. Um performance-wise, though we didn't make it count. That's that's the disappointing thing. If you look at the stats, fifty-seven percent possession, thirteen shots to eleven, four shots um on target each actually in the end. Um although one or two of theirs were very powder puff, if I remember rightly. Um but we have we have five shots each blocked as well. I know Dan Byrne had one, which might have been going somewhere.
2: Dangerous as well. We had both Burn um, and Wentz that took on the shots early on that went wide for corners that could have got anywhere. And I actually think when you've got a team like that sitting deep, like West Ham where first half or Sheffield United, it's the right thing to do. You know, give it a go. You never know. It might deflect. It might go anywhere. And in the end, yeah. Sheffield United's goal, obviously, a week ago came from a, a deflection from us. So yeah. why not have a go? You know, if, if teams are sitting back rather than just trying to play it through them all the time, which is what we seem to do, or playing into the box for a striker who isn't even at tall, why not have a shot from distance? Why not have a have a go
1: yeah there's a couple of times i mean even with the early chance where welbeck stole in down on the inside right channel and had the shot which went over i mean you're thinking with that he's probably trying to get the advantage in an unlikely situation to, to, to hit the net but actually there it's probably better to just hit it low towards the goalie and look for a rebound in that yeah, or the, the
2: corner even or whatever
1: yeah. so i think having a go from range having it taking early shots try and catch goldies out um, is one thing. Trying the sort of thing I just mentioned there in Welbeck's situation, try that. You're going to get some rebounds. So things are going to drop for you eventually if you play enough shots with purpose. I think we had, I mean, Solly had a shot which he worked the space onto his weaker right foot and then wasn't it was in towards the corner but it wasn't really with any conviction. There's a few
2: shots like that we're having which... He also hit the side netting when he should have done better actually as well yeah, when no that's one that's else really it. kept up with him and he, he should have probably won a corner at least and forced Fabianski into a save.
1: Yeah, I mean, him and Basuma, I thought, had good games overall. But, yeah, Solly, still there's a little bit in this finishing product that's lacking. And I think with the passing, if you look at the stats, we had apparently, according to SofaScore, 574 passes to West Ham's 423, which I think is a pretty high figure. Um, I'm not an expert on that. I, I'm just-
2: why I, I really think we missed, and I saw an interesting comment about them on, I think it was Facebook or something like that this morning, Lalana, and I thought having... And there was someone was saying, is it unsettling the team that he keeps basically being injured and going off at half-time or going off after an hour or something like that? And I can see the point there because I think he was one of the reasons to be controlled midfield so well first half. But when he when he doesn't last more than 45 minutes or an hour or whatever, generally, is it an unsettling for the team that they yeah they kind of? And I was like yeah, so it's an interesting point because I mean I think we should probably in a way use him as much as we can. But I can see the person's point that maybe it isn't that great when he if he only lasts a half mostly that. You Know we, we're better off maybe not playing for a month, getting him fully fit and kind of making sure he's absolutely 100% and then kind of bringing him back. Then it's a
0: he's a good player, but he's I just think he's very, um, he's very injury prone. So yeah, it's, yeah. He, it's, I don't know, he's, he's in his 30s, I think he is, but it's just probably you need to sort of build him up or just sort of play him when you can in a certain bigger game. I, I games.
2: don't know if, if he kind of played more than one or two full 90 minutes for us this season. Yeah,
0: yeah. It just, it's the same with Danny Welbeck when he was at Arsenal. He was this injury prone as well. Every time he came on, he went for a run of games and he got injured and broke down. But it's just, I think it's probably just trying to manage them correctly and, and what their body can take as well.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it is going to be an ongoing case of yeah. managing what his body can take. I think that is... That is probably the situation I'm guessing with Lonana, rather than a niggling injury, sort of uh, should we say temporarily being allowed to drag on. I think it's probably more like overall management of fitness. I think it, it is. Yeah, it's a good point. It could be disruptive, couldn't it? Um, we certainly were better in the first half with him than the second half without him. Part of the reason why we struggled, part of it is obviously Moyes had time to to sort stuff out, which was a pretty poor
2: first half performance from them. But as well, you said, they well, didn't, they do, didn't do, do amazingly well, well that, did they? Right. They weren't exactly brilliant second half. I thought they were. They were. They were better, but that was better from a very low bar. And I I thought we still should. We still controlled enough of the game. We still. I thought the one. One of the positives was we reacted really well to their goal, um, and we came back into it really well and kind of like obviously got the goal ahead again. And then that's why it's so frustrating to then go and see the second one. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: it. So, um, any other thoughts from the game? I mean, as I mentioned, I thought Solly had a good game overall. Uh, Bisuma was excellent again. Um, obviously Sanchez was your man of
2: the match, Peter. I'm not being too, I'm not trying not to be too harsh on him. I just think people should judge him by the same measure as Ryan and by the same measure as Ryan, the people who, the people who, you know, kind of would have criticized Ryan heavily are the ones who probably would have, you know, if, if it had been Ryan yesterday, would have, you know, stated him. So do the same thing for, do the same thing for, um, well, we had, um,
1: we we are, as you know, sponsored by Seagulls Over London. You can check out the details of on www.seagullsoverlondon.com. Um, as such, we're all members there. Well, oh, and all of us, sorry, Jason, you're not, but Peter and I are. Um, Peter, you missed the chat yesterday, the post-match chat. Um, one point to raise from that, which we haven't already done, um, is about more and speaking of Man of the Match. I think he was given Man of the Match, wasn't he, in some quarters? Um, it's it seemed like a lazy thing if a uh, guy that scored a goal that's <laughs> chucking in there. Um I didn't think he, he had a, a great match. It was certainly a slight return to his old self. Um he took the goal well for sure. Um, but some of his touches, the points were being made last night, weren't great. Um quite heavy touches, giving the ball away a couple of times. Certainly effort-wise, um, application, attitude, and that finish were were good. And those are probably the reasons given for man of the match but I don't think he was the man really for me however um, good news for us that he's at least got the goal again which might help his confidence gradually come back because he's certainly been devoid of it mm. and um, I guess I mean when all said and done that's five for the season now which is half the tally of his achievement last year he's been criticised this year compared with last year um, and yet with half of the season or more than half of the season
2: still to come he's halfway to the same tally don't he's got four goals so early and then Got four and four, didn't he? And then after yeah. that, kind of obviously tailed off massively from there. So,
1: yeah, it's a slightly disingenuous point to make, wasn't it, really? But, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I also back. have
2: to say, although obviously he lost Suchek for the goal, I thought White played really well at, at a right back, whatever his was, position was. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he's shown a feed, he him, you know, I. I, I there's an argument. I think I said a show. If we can get a striker in for the money that we sold white, Fell White for, I, there is an argument for doing it. I think we've got Veltman as backup. We've got other options, but he has shown he can be versatile and he's done really well in, in various positions when you know, called upon. He's done okay in midfield. He's done well at right back. He's done yeah. obviously well enough at centre back in a three or a two. So I, yeah. I mean, I do think he's got real potential. But we, yeah, he's not. His position is well sort. You know, kind of all of those positions are reasonably well sorted. though, sorted now. So I yeah. can. As I said the other day, I can see an argument for selling him and bringing a striker if we can't afford the striker otherwise, but I wouldn't sell him otherwise. Other than that doesn't know. Yeah,
1: you're saying it's the be all and end all. We really do need a striker
2: in, don't we? Yeah, I, got... I genuinely think it's yeah. uh, there's two options that will mean we're maybe not, you know, looking over our shoulder. I'm not saying we won't, we will go down. Well, Bet might hit a run of form again, or um, Mope might hit on a couple of runs of form. We might get enough, but we, we, we don't, to me, it's ironic because I said Leeds the other day don't grind out one-nil results, but they did rather fortunately yesterday. We don't have the quality at the moment, the players to grind out one-nil results. Teams are just a set piece away or a or a problem away from score from scoring against us, and we don't have the quality up front to get regularly get two or three goals, and that's not to me a good combination. We need either need that striker who's going to finish off Potter's way of playing, or we need, in my view. A, a different way of playing and whether Potter will change. I mean, he did become a bit more practical after lockdown last year, this early in the year, last season. So he might, he conceivably might do that, but it doesn't look like at the moment. So yeah, it
1: might, might be a case of, um, of, of him seeing how well he can do playing the style he would prefer to play for the first half of the season and, and review it from there. Yeah. I mean, in terms of strikers, obviously there's a number of strikers around the Albion. Uh, most of them are not involved. We've, we've got Morpé, we've got Welbeck, we've got Connolly. Other ones, Murray's coming back from a loan. I doubt he's going to have anything other than the peripheral role. Although with nine players available to, to be picked for the bench now, um, maybe, that's, maybe that just gives him a little bit more of a role. Well, he certainly a
2: man squad though as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and he's not even a homegrown one, is he? I think technically. Because he is the... now. I think. They changed the Pro... rule. I think he is now. Yeah, it should be, because that was ridiculous. But anyway, um, yeah, um, the so, I mean, we've got other other possibilities. Obviously, we've mentioned Andoni, who's a head case. He's been injured, apparently falling back in the fold. Really good player on his day. Will he feature? We don't know. Murray, I doubt will do, because, you yeah, know, Graham wasn't playing in last year, really, towards the end. So it's unlikely, apart from once or twice, it's unlikely he's going to now. Um, other than that, we've got the possibility of Percy Tao. Apparently, he's going to have a... Um, Um, some work permit application uh, processes to go through in the next week or two with the possibility of him coming back. um, Or say coming back, coming to us for the first time. um, Signed, when when was it now? A couple of years ago, wasn't it? Two, two and and a half years?
2: Two and a half years? He had three, third
1: his third load, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been a good player for, obviously for for South Africa. I've seen him in national team and I've seen him playing in Belgium for club sides in the Champions League. Jason, you might've seen him play. He was with... um, uh, Bruges and Alex now as well. He's uh, and he's he looks a good player. Whether he's going to fit in, whether he'd hit the ground running if he did come to us, I don't know. But he's he's one genuinely sort of quite reasonably good option that we might have.
2: Even if he does well, could it finally be a positive about Brexit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's obviously changed the rules, which is why he might be able to come in now. But um, yeah, I mean that, that's the other thing. I mean, your Keres I don't think will come back from his loan with Coventry. I don't think he's. I think he's doing OK. He had a pretty powerful header, which is unlucky, but I noticed last week. But I'm not sure if he's really pulling up any trees in the Championship as of yet. So well, I don't I think, think I he's... I wouldn't
2: mind if, um, coming back if he could, but I don't, I don't think they've got a recall on him from what I read. Is uh, Karpo- Karpovnik, because we need a bit more cover at wing back. Hmm. I think in Ideally, we don't really have, it other than March and Tatlampty, anyone who can play that role, really. Yeah, and Bernardo's out of favour anyway. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah Bernardo. Yeah. Bernardo seems to be completely out of favour, so he would yeah. offer options. on it, both sides have been on win back, so yeah. I mean, he would be quite good. But yeah, I don't, I'm not sure we've got a recall on him, unlike Moda. I'm look, I'm quite excited about seeing Moda. He seems to be Moda. Mm. Moda, whatever his name is. Yeah, Moda. I think. Yeah. He's He's really
1: there was a I think it was Albin Unlimited, um, which is the BBC Sussex thing. They they were um interviewing a guy from ESPN who's a Polish, I think he is Polish, but he's a Polish expert anyway on Polish football. He was um he was raving about him saying two-footed, um changes the um point and Daryl
2: of he's two-footed as well though, and he didn't do
1: very yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, but no, two-footed changes the point of attack. He can he can play in various positions, anywhere from six to ten uh, numbers, um flexible. Dynamic gets involved, hard hard working, gets up and down. Probably his best position is six, apparently. Although that's not by any means an overwhelmingly um, preferable position in terms of his skills. Um, I reckon he could be the real deal as as for this season. Could be part of the involvement. Whether that
2: means play with nine subs, there's more chance for players to be involved. Yeah,
1: because of his age, but he wouldn't need to be uh, nominated, would he? I don't think. And also, I mean, maybe Mulumbi goes
2: on loan then in that scenario because he's yeah. Because it's a well proper, really, isn't it? One of, them, one of them. I can't imagine both of them staying. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we've, we've mentioned
1: strikers there. Of course, one of the ones we have got, and we have, we're nursing him through. Bits is Danny Welbeck. Um, Jason, you've mentioned him briefly already, but what are you making of, uh, of Danny coming to us? Um, he's been um, a good player. I think pretty impressive when I have seen him play for Arsenal for Manu. And particularly for England with his ratio of scoring, but uh, what do you make of his transfer um, to Brighton this well late summer slash early autumn
0: time? He was at Watford, wasn't he? He came to you, yeah, by Watford. But he—he's yeah. when I've seen uh, glimpses of him at Brighton, he seems to be just trying, trying to run down the channels. He seems oh. to be working hard for you. It yes. just—it just seemed like he's—he's he's still a bit of a way off of becoming a, an actual goal scorer. I think it's the same scenario that we had at Arsenal with him. It was never that sort of prolific person that we actually thought he would be. Mm-hmm. So he, he seems to be um, that sort of player who's this honest player, just runs down the channels, just commits, gives you hundred percent. But I think, well, Brighton, I think you need that, but you also obviously need the actual added goals to that as well. But yeah. I think he's a good start for Brighton definitely. Yeah, I mean-
1: I think that generally people are reasonably pleased with him. He, his attitude's fine. He seems a good lad. He's obviously still not particularly old. I think he's 29, isn't he? At this he's stage.
2: He's 30 recently. But yeah, I was yeah. I was surprised how young he was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, was
2: yeah, so a, yeah, which is a bit surprising. Um I mean he's had it shows how young he was when he came through at United. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean he's had probably I think four maybe five key chances um for us so far. He scored two of them. One was a terrible miss, which um, we didn't make connection with a, a dangerous ball across against Fulham. Um, he had a one-on-one with Villa, I think, but he was pretty early into it. He wasn't really match sharp at that point. Um, and I've got a feeling there's one other one that I've forgotten. But so he hasn't had an awful lot of chances. Um, oh, leicester
2: had a really good chance, didn't he? It went nil-nil. Oh, that was the other one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's been a few games where um, you you can see the quality of the play coming through yeah natural finisher not sure i think he's good enough to be able to do enough to help us if we can stay fit obviously that's that's the other issue again it might be a case of managing his time um yeah. i think uh, i think
2: he, i think he isn't a national natural finisher that's the point i mean he's i think his his best, best goal scoring season is 10 in the premier League which yeah. on his first season last year and there's a, a lot of debate about whether he's a natural goal scorer so yeah,
0: i don't think he is i think i think he gives you everything but that actual finishing I think, yeah. I think um, if you play him alongside somebody else, who can finish. That's probably why he normally gets drafted out to the wings. For definitely drafted out to the wings because, yeah. the wings because yeah. he just wasn't that person you look for for an end product. He was. But that's the problem
2: because like, arguably like that as well. He's not yeah. a natural. A lot of the time, he's not a natural, necessarily a natural finisher. So, in a way, the two of them need both. Yeah, ideally, need just, just a kind of in a way of a really greedy kind of striker who just hangs around the six-yard box and takes takes the chances while they work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean... a lot of money, Those.
1: I think he's... When I've looked at a few clips, I think he was... Well, he was featured on um, Football Focus, actually, at the weekend, and also on um, Sky Sports, you know, their soccer Saturday thing. Um, basically, he's obviously on media duty. <laughs> it was the <laughs> same camera angle, same and you know, all that stuff. But, it, yeah, I mean, he, they showed a few clips of his goals, and, you know, he could score some pretty good finishes from angles and so on. So some of the goals he scored have been pretty good. I think it's a matter of, yeah, he's not going to be that relentless finisher the the vardy the um you know the fowler type of, i'm not saying that quality but you know that type of a striker um so he's he's going to muck in with it but as peter said we do need something else as well not not only for the injury reasons potential in the future but also for the fact that we we can't really just get by with him with more pay on
2: questionable form and confidence and a couple of young players also i don't think andoni would be that either i don't i think he's more a one who kind of works harder and kind of like get stuck in but doesn't necessarily take his chances all the time either and I don't and arguably the one who does is Connolly although I know he's missed a few recently but yeah it's but obviously he's a bit low on confidence and that sort of thing he's probably the most natural finisher in judging by his you know reserve team and previous history and that sort of thing but he's just low on confidence and and also he's not necessarily getting to the you know baronet header against you not necessarily really to the sitter positions generally. I mean, I, I I think they probably, to me, probably loan Connolly out in January and bring in a, a new striker who is literally a goal poacher. And that will if we get that, I'm confident we'll be fine. I think there's enough of our play to see. Yeah. I think we'll create enough chances. There's enough hard-working players out there and enough quality, especially if we can keep Lampy fit, which is a slight issue at the moment. Yeah. Um,
1: well, our um, the results, our own one didn't go as well as we wanted, but the other results went reasonably well, most of them anyway. I mean, Fulham got a... a quite a creditable goal to draw with Southampton, albeit
2: that Ings and a couple of other players are missing for them. But yeah, you know, and a, a more, much more obvious penalty turned down by VAR compared to the one that <laughs> they got against us.
1: Yeah, cheers, refs. Thanks a lot for
2: uh, the stunning. Well, I, I genuinely don't understand why they haven't given given the rule of uh, kind of like away from your body. I don't understand why they've not given that. Yeah, and the one the one against us was I don't know if you
1: saw that, Jason. I thought that's was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I was yeah, yeah. So we we've, we've been pretty cross with feeling pretty frustrated with that,
2: have but, or anything like that.
1: No, not at all. We don't keep mentioning it over and over again or anything just in fury. Um, but no, um, ultimately, um, results weren't too bad. I mean, Fulham, I was kind of fairly relieved because I had a nasty feeling they might get a result there against Saints. So I was quite pleased with that one. Burnley, as you mentioned earlier, um, had the result ground out against them by lead. So that was, that was decent. Um, well, the
2: draw for that one. I thought. I still think Leeds are a vulnerable, and I was kind of hoping for a draw. Leeds yeah, were in the, that the game. Bit bit. I mean, Burnley scored a perfectly legitimate goal when, when a, the keeper actually fouled um, Ben Mee, clattered mm. him, and somehow managed to win a free kick, which the referee didn't leave to VAR, which would have surely overruled it, and instead waited, blew his whistle immediately, meaning Barnes's finish wasn't allowed. And the penalty for Leeds was pretty iffy as well. So. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen
1: the game yet, so I'll, t- I'll take your word for that. But uh, yeah, that's
2: uh, yeah, pretty that was... frustrating. Sean Dyche was not very impressed at the end, put it he that way. Not very happy at all. He wasn't. <laughs> He's often not, is he? Yeah. No, but I think <laughs> in his situation, he was. I mean, the penalty—you could argue 50 The you know, you can see why it was given, but I don't think it was the right decision. For the mm-hmm. the disallowed goal, goal was ridiculous. It was a dreadful decision. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I one mean,
0: of one of them. Right. I think yeah. I think I think I echo well, that as well. I think both of them were bad mistakes. I think I think a bad for one. If you can see, in, in real time, yeah, I can see why it's given. But when you look, when you look back and you've got VAR as well, it has to be overruled.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the other results weren't... They weren't great for us, but they weren't awful. I mean, West Brom getting a draw at Liverpool is obviously an incredibly frustrating result. However, um, it, yeah, it's a one-all draw. Um, it's still only a point for them. They're still going to struggle, I think, overall this season. We'll have to see. But... Um, um, a pretty good result for obviously for Big Sam, but um, they ultimately they stay five points behind us, and that's not too bad. Um, the other one, of course, is uh, the other relegation rivals. Um, as Peter's dropped out, we'll hopefully get him back in a minute. Um, the other relegation rivals, Arsenal, uh, got a good result, didn't they, Jason? <laughs> 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 I'm teasing. Yeah, we
0: really we uh, yeah, we, we got a uh, I would say overdue and overdue three points. I think yeah. that's, that's our first win in November in the league. So is more boring. That's overdue.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really it's been. What, what what do you make of it? Why has it been such a bad run in particular? Because Arteta looked like a good appointment. Um, I would have said an improvement potentially on Emery. Um, squad wise, you've made a couple of signings like Gabriel that look quite good. But how come you struggled so much? Would you say you you've seen them more than I have? <laughs>
0: it's it's you know what, you just can't put your finger on it. I, I just think there's a number of things that's that's the issue. I think Arteta is is a. Uh, a questionable appointment, which I, I still back him. I think. I think with um with Arsenal's current state, I think any manager going with those couple of players is going to find it hard. But obviously, with Arteta, this is his first manager's role. He's oh. going to find it doubly hard as well. But he's he's one of it. he's won two trophies, whether you call the Community Shield trophy or not, it's still something. He's won loves yeah. two. Um, he's had a, he's had a few good results, but I think where he sort of, um, it's not a play that he wants to play. I just don't think the players are there. I don't think the actual players that he um, he actually uh, needs for his start of football is at the club. I think he got a handful of players. But his mistake of playing the certain the same sort of players week in, week out, I think it, I just keep letting them down as well. I think the change we did against Chelsea, uh, where he played a few youngsters in, I think that benefited a lot. And you could see a bit more hunger. You can see more desire as well. And I think Martinez coming back helped. But it's, um there's a few off, I think, off-the-pitch um decisions you've made, which is um probably has filtered into the actual squad like Ozil being one of them. I think getting rid of Martinez and bringing another keeper that's weakened the side as well. Yeah, agreed. I think creativity, we've lacked that massively as well. And I think that's I think. Yeah, so I think doesn't help. But I think he was obviously um, banking on uh, a creative midfielder coming in in the summer. Didn't get that. So obviously we've been left short.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a big job, isn't it? Because there's so much to sort out, it feels like, on and off the field there. So for a, ultimately a young um, coach, uh, I know they've changed the role to manager, haven't they? Um, to try and give him more of a that over all-encompassing feel. But... Um, I mean, there's so much to do there. I agree with you. I think some of the old guard are looking quite um, stale. I think bringing in those younger players, obviously, you got a good result with the Chelsea game. Um, And that was a positive. Um, Martinelli coming back, unfortunately for us, is good news for you. Um, I really rate him. I think he's a great player and he adds a lot of, um, well, a a lot of endeavour and um, desire, not
0: determination.
1: Yeah. Determination, yeah, that's right, yeah, and that's what the club needs. It needs leaders. It needs organisation. Um, Arteta can do the organisation side of things, of course, but um, yeah. the rest of it is up to the players. And I think the the other issue I'd seen that seemed to be the case for Arsenal was, yeah, just, just implosion. People having problems with their, uh, you know, things like um, the attitude. Jack again sent off again. Yeah. I think El Nenny was very lucky not should've to get sent off been been the on. other. He should have He
0: should have gone yeah why you shouldn't we do i think with with v a r as well like each i'm surprised didn't get a second year enough of that,
1: yeah, 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 that's true, yeah, so there's quite a bit to do i mean certainly what you've said, the suggestion is it's gonna be a long uh a long term project isn't it so i i think it sounds like the best thing to do is to stick with him and see now that he's got one good result there if he can start to pull away into just into a steady position in the table give him more time to then develop and bring more of these younger players through which is probably his forte anyway Yeah, uh, would I mean, you say yes, that's
0: definitely. about definitely there's a lot of youngsters there which is mm. um I think I'm probably more than ready to actually start but yeah. he's it's I don't know if it's him or obviously it's the you know, the people behind him like with Redu they're sort of sticking with the same sort of players. You know, you got yeah. Pepe, who's obviously, he's not worth 72 million. He's obviously, you know, he's, well, he's not good enough anyway. And you got Willian, you know, who's obviously like, in his 30s, he had a good start, had a good game against Fulham and that was it. And yeah. you got Lacazette, who can't, well, he's he's struggling for goals. And I think, I think senior players, it's just running through the team where it's sort of negativity and, they're just producing the same week in week out so i think bringing the youngsters through the pressure for sure yeah was-
1: yeah and i mean look, we've got peter back as well so welcome back to peter who's changed rooms um <laughs> uh, internet problems again there
2: yeah i'm not quite sure what's happening this morning it seems to be uh of something <laughs> oh, going wrong hopefully this year better i'm nearer the source now so hopefully it's uh <laughs> a hopefully better yeah
1: Although we've had the vast majority of the podcasts we've done through this well, nearly a year now um, have been uh, on Zoom. Um, we're probably you know, suffering for not being in our usual recording studio known as the pub, um, <laughs> which uh, doesn't involve the need for Wi-Fi. Um, but anyway, that's um, neither here nor there. Um, I noticed, by the way, speaking of rooms, uh, Jason, you appear to be in a spaceship of some sort. Um, <laughs> what's going on there?
0: <laughs> that is... Um... That's basically. Uh, I'm in. I'm in the attic. I've just converted it. I was just trying to convert it still, but that you can see at the back is basically for a little boy. It's all his toys and stuff. Yeah, up there. Excellent. So, yeah, just basically hiding.
1: So very white with cool kind of piping, lighting kind of stuff going on. Changed there. Change colour
0: as well. Change colour too.
1: Ah, oh, brilliant. Oh, where's the red? We don't want the red. Got any blue? <laughs> a bit of blue as well. <laughs> that's better <laughs> um, and we do of course refer to the fact our teams are going to be playing um this well tomorrow uh, we're recording this on monday the 28th the game is on um, on tuesday evening um, last time we spoke was for the last game wasn't it um pre-match um a quick word about that before we get into the prospects for tomorrow um last time was a rather eventful game wasn't it in the end um Never to be seen again, Gwen Doozy um, being a, a large feature of it, and Morpay, who we were talking about earlier in this podcast, being another. What do you make of that? Because I, I think we spoke off there, but not on air about that one. Um, thoughts on that now, for several
0: months later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I thought the um, the result was probably just about justifiable. I thought a draw would have been okay, but I think a Brighton win, you know, you can't really argue that. But, yeah, Guendouzi, he, he obviously made a mistake. But I think another decision poor to by was to actually like just get rid of him. I think any other manager would probably would have put his arm around him. He's, what, 19 years old? I just tell him he can't do that again. And yeah. just, you know, but he's, he's found them out and he's actually doing well. He scored a couple of cracking goals in Germany. Where is he again? He's at Hertha Berlin.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, so, uh, obviously then Leno was injured and then you know Martinez was born, yeah. and Now he's not looked back since. So, yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. That was the that was the game, wasn't it? Where Martinez, um, well, sort of came into the consciousness of what well, Aston Villa, amongst others, but came into the general consciousness of uh, of the football fans beyond Arsenal, and uh, well, probably for a lot of Arsenal fans, I guess, um, may not have had too many chances to see him with the current condition no. of COVID. Um, yeah, it was a strange game. I mean, there's various discussions about what the the more pay challenge. I don't think there was anything malicious in that. I think it was very unfortunate, more than anything. He was trying to put him off, for sure.
0: Um, And I think he just landed awkwardly. It was one of those things, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he was entitled to go for the ball. I think he was. You know, There was no real malicious in it. But um, it's just unfortunate, I think.
2: Yeah, it's because Leno was so near the edge of the area, wasn't he? And it was trying to keep the ball into the area that he he landed. I mean, I can see why Arsenal players are probably pissed off. I can understand that. Um, and I can also see why Gwen D's did what he did at the end, to be honest, because Mope is a wind-up merchant and, and does enjoy winding players up. And, yeah, most players have probably know more, seen more than him, so he actually winds him up more than he does. But mm-hmm. on this occasion, he actually managed to uh, wind yeah. someone up completely. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: yeah. Normally it ends up in Mopey in someone's face having a real go at them because he gets more wound up than anyone else <laughs> on this occasion. <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, although you already had the nickname, I think, from Brentford, and... and- and partially from us as well, Le Petit Shithouse, uh, became much more of a prevalent nickname after that incident. And he made it into our 11s, didn't he, Peter, when we did, did yeah. that he, he was the
2: automatic pick, I think, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but um, I don't know if he's going to be the star of the show in this fixture. Um, obviously, that game was the second half of um, our encounters last year and allowed us to do a very rare thing, which was the double overview. Well, I say rare, it's a unique thing, we've never done it before. Um, In our head-to-heads now, we've apparently only won five games ever against you. There's been four draws uh, and you've won the other 12 games. Um, Which of those tallies do you think is going to get added to tomorrow and what does it depend on, Jason? Well, yeah,
0: you're slowly, I'll say slowly, you're rapidly becoming a bogey team at the moment. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you tend to do well against us on like home anyway. So I think tomorrow's going to be tight. I, I can see it being a draw. I think it depends on Arsenal's attitude. I think it depends on like if they carry uh, what they did against Chelsea into the game. It depends on it depends on the players that he picks. Do you, you know, think they'll,
2: they'll they'll re- pick, pick um, Aubameyang and Pepe and the ones who were presumably rested the other night? Were they or?
0: Yeah, I think I think if the game wasn't like if Arsenal were chasing the game, Aubameyang would be on. I, I think um, I, I think they should play the same team. You know, whether they're tired or not, I don't know. If fatigue will play, but. I think they should keep the same team. they against Chelsea because you've got to build a momentum now. So you you got three points, so it's a time it's time to actually build. So yeah, you, um,
1: you had the extra day, didn't you? Was it was it was it Boxing Day or game? Yeah, Boxing Day. Yeah, so you've got the extra day recovery, and I do think having a good team that's getting a bit of confidence um, that's worth something. I think, and it's, it probably is wise to try and play as many of those players as they can. Whether whether he wanted to change it up in general, whether. He, he was planning to rest what he perceived to be the stronger players for the uh, for the game against us. I don't know, um, but obviously a more winnable game on paper. Um, but yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? I, I I wouldn't change too much. I think it would be risky to to break the delicate flower that is this kind of you know, the the confidence burn from from that game yesterday the other day.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think with, with Arsenal again, it's we tend to do well against the actual. Um, the bigger teams at the moment because they come at us. So we're, we I don't. I think it seems that we're sort of a counter-attacking team. So teams against the, like the sides around us. I can say lower league team, but the sides around us. They, um, you know, they obviously want us to press them, and that's something that we don't have at the moment. We don't have that sort of capability to actually go and take a game to them. So yeah. it would be an interesting game. Yeah. Well.
1: My prediction for the West Ham game, by the way, um, you might remember, Peter, was 2-2. I did put some money where my mouth was as well and won 31 quid profit on that. So that was quite good. At least that was a consolation from the West Ham game. Um, I'll come to my prediction for this one in a minute when I think of one in the meantime uh, what's your thoughts Peter do you reckon we're going to get anything from this
2: I'm actually going to weirdly for me go for a win and there's a few there's a little bit I've thought all month that the one if anything we would win was Arsenal for a few reasons one yeah they kind of always we do seem to do quite well against you guys quite recently but mainly also because you're not going to come and sit like Sheffield United do but I think we we play better against teams who are a bit more open I'm not saying you're going to go gung ho, but you're probably going to at least attack us, and we are, are better against teams like that than we are against who teams who sit back and and defend like Sheffield United do. We, we never we struggle to break teams down like that, so I, I actually think we could win two one again. Interestingly, kind of maybe another late goal possibly, um, mainly, and no doubt that will come back to bite me on the ass, but. Um, yeah, I've, and I very rarely predict a win on here at the moment, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've thought all month that this could be the one we actually win. And also, wouldn't it be fate that Arsenal's the only only league game we win at home to and we will beat them twice in 2020? Yeah. That
1: would, be, um,
2: that would be kind I, of like quite ironic stats. it will be a great one for a quiz in future years or something. I think I'm
1: inclined to agree with that. I actually, pretty much the same things. So I've had a feeling we might get another result against Arsenal just because... That the bogey team effect, the cycle psychology of that, I think for the players, it's in their mindset. This is a team we we've beaten before. We have beaten. We can do it again. It'll almost relax them a little bit more. Um, I think there's the uh, thing that Jason said about the, with the game against Chelsea. It was going to come sooner or later. Maybe for us with home games, um, it's going to come sooner or later. Sooner, sooner than later, preferably. Yeah. But I, it does feel like we might be due a victory. Uh, including one against a team you might not, on paper, expect to win, um, and I just think a couple of bits might click. I think we played a little bit better again against West Ham, albeit it wasn't brilliant. Um, more pace scoring, maybe a, a maybe a, a hint of something as well. Maybe not. Um, and he'll probably
2: either score or be or sent off tomorrow. To be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. But <laughs> I imagine I... the
2: Arsenal players will be out to wind him up quite a lot. And yeah, it, doesn't, exactly. it doesn't take an awful lot. <laughs> yeah, we
1: well, might not play, of course. Connolly, um, well, Connolly might be injured. Well, I...
2: He yeah. might not. I, I think he probably will. I think they will probably start at a pretty similar team and maybe probably, mix up probably. against Wolves.
1: Yeah, I do think there's something to be said for playing players that have scored against teams before. So I think there's that to, to mention. I do think the bogey side factor and the fact we've got Danny Welbeck, you just kind of know that's likely to happen as well, don't you? He's
0: bound to score against us. And that only
2: works against us, Russ, not for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. I, think, I was reading in the papers this morning that actually that we've been linked with Carl Lampty.
1: Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know
0: what to make about that? I know that he's a very good player, very good right back. I'll take him definitely over over not But is Bellerin's linked
2: with like Real Madrid or something like that? He's or linked
0: also? with Barcelona. Oh,
2: Barcelona, yeah. yeah it seems not, a bit not. unlikely considering he's not exactly in the best form ever.
0: No, it's not. Yeah, but I think and well, Barcelona on a bit of a free throw as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. But who knows? But um, yeah, that's that's
1: interesting. I mean, you were playing a wing back type system, aren't you? Anyway, and. Uh, so that that would suit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. By the way, there is word that he might be out for a little bit longer, Lambton. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we won't be playing. He's a big next loss time.
2: for us. He's not. What he's. has already confirmed he's he's out tomorrow and a, a bit oh, right. a very doubtful for for Wolves.
1: Yeah, and then we've got the cut match where we won't risk him anyway. Yeah, even if he
2: was yeah. Back. I definitely don't see us risking his hamstrings on uh on Newport's pitch <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Considering yeah, that, like both
2: of you are like awful, isn't it? Because of the rugby there as well and stuff.
0: Yeah, very yeah. good
2: player. He's, he's 21. Yeah he's, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's been in on 21s quite a bit recently. He's he's, I think he's our best player in terms of when on form, our system is so looks so much better and so much more lively with him in there. The yeah. way we play is kind of like, a, we just look quite ponderous without him, whereas when we play, we can just give it to him and he'll just run. And, yeah, the yeah, defence a sit-back. and we, We've got the cover with three at the back. Our system yeah. is literally made for him almost. You know, I'm not saying they actually made it for him, but it, it, it suits him down to the ground and he looks... He's yeah. such a good player and it's a, it's a real shame. He's had a few kind of injuries the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, well, I certainly hope he doesn't go to Arsenal because pound for pound, I think he um, he is our best player. What he brings to the team a proportional to his position. And, you know, if you take into account things like Lalana's injuries and whatever, take all that out of the equation, I think, yeah, Lamptey is pound for pound probably our best player. We don't want to lose him, that's for sure. Um I do right. think
2: though he needs to, he needs the system like we play playing in a four-four-two for example. I'm not, I know most teams don't play four-four-two, but he's a bit wasted unless the winger kind of plays in inverted, you know, in, goes inside. He's a bit wasted. Mm-hmm. He needs the space to kind of run into really and kind of yeah. yeah. Or playing yeah. even four-three-three when there's wide wider forward players, he needs more space than that. I think. So yeah. he, I think he's, I think he'll probably still be here, especially with his injury. Especially if he's out for a bit more, a few more weeks, he'll be he'll be here in January. Whether he and Basuma We'll still be here after the summer. Who knows? Depends, of course, what division we're in. but Sumo, he's a good player, know He is. Yeah, yeah. you have been linked
0: with another one. Before.
2: He's not another one. He's not very popular with Arsenal fans. After uh, was it like making a was it some sort of gesture after the after we didn't qualify for the Champions League or something or was
0: it? He was man of the match in right. the last game. I think he was. He he just bossed the midfield. He did.
2: Yeah, he's been brilliant since since just before lockdown. When he before that he would he'd been here a year and a half at that point or a year and a three quarters and he hadn't really, he'd have you know, he kind of had really good games and then he'll have a really poor game after that. But since then, he's barely had a bad game. He's been brilliant.
1: Yeah, we feared, didn't we? Because he had a couple of games where he really improved his game just in the run-up to the lockdown and we obviously, we we thought, ah, really annoying timing. Typical, we're trying to get ourselves away from any danger and one of the players was going to be key to that hitting form and then we get this this break in play. Um, But actually, it didn't affect him at all, did he? Yeah. I'm I think sorry,
2: but- almost his breakthrough game was at Sheffield United when he, he got a really early booking and he's a bit he was a bit of a liability up at that point. He yeah. kind of dived in quite a lot and he spent the whole game, he didn't commit another foul, he, he got stuck in at a really good game but didn't commit another foul, didn't dive in at all and I think that matured him quite a lot in a weird way, having the early booking kind of and from there he kind of yeah went on and he's been superb. I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if both he and Lamptier there next season, even if we stay up, I, I, I maybe one of them might but I, I'd be surprised if both of them are still around.
1: Yeah, yeah. The M word is the word there, mature. I was going to say that as well. I think that was the key to, to him. He he's really is a rising star, getting better all the time. And I do think Arsenal will be linked, as well as Real, Man United and Liverpool. <laughs> How serious any know. of that is at this point? Real,
2: yeah, Real Madrid. It's like kind of like all these players. Not many players are transferred from Brighton to Real Madrid. Yeah, you would say it's a, it's a nice problem
1: to have for Brighton having players linked. But at the moment, it's too stressful for that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I've been more relaxed about Bissouma. I think he's easy to replace. I think Lampty is very, very tough to replace in this system because yeah. having someone of that pace and that quality who, yeah. you know, to kind of get up and down, but then also not being sought after by another club or whatever, is in a midfield you can replace a midfielder more easily. I mean, not necessarily as quite as good, but you can certainly bring someone in who has the potential to be as good and you know, kind of bring them yeah. through. But with, um, yeah, with with Lamptey, I think he's almost irreplaceable really in that system, and he, we do miss him a lot when he's out.
1: Yeah, well, um, we're moving into injury time on this episode, so just a couple of bits. Um, Jason, we had you on before, and we also had my pal, Addy, on, who was going to turn up, and he didn't. He's a listener regularly to the show, so very disappointed, no show, (laughs) Addy. Only joking, he's probably got some practical reasons for it. Um, But I don't know what his views would be. I also would have liked to have got Matthew back on, but um, you're a friend of mine, Jason. But um, he also appeared on the previous episode in the Gunners' Camp. he in a recent conversation I had with him said, "I'm not talking about football anymore." <laughs> I mean, this is prior to the Chelsea game, obviously. Um, so, no idea what they might think of the game coming up. Um, Peter, you've gone for two-one. I think I'm going to go for a two-one win as well. Not from blind optimism reasons, just from uh, just got a feeling the fates are aligning reasons. Um, Jason, any any variation on the two-one Brighton prediction?
0: Well, I, got, I was. Uh... Right on my prediction last season, but obviously it was 2-1 to you guys. So <laughs> um, so obviously I might, i want to stick with that and go 2-1 Arsenal. Okay, yeah, yeah. Based uh, on Chelsea, if we didn't play Chelsea. I'd have gone for like a 3-0 Brighton or something like that.
1: Yeah, we're quite disappointed you've um, managed to grab a bit of form there just to, just in time to play us. Well, um, it's all to be played for tomorrow. I think it's six o'clock. It's never kicking off tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, that's that's the latest in the uh, in the narrative of this rather strange season. Um, we're not nowhere near halfway yet, are we? Really, and yet we've uh, we've already reached the um, Christmas slash New Year fixtures. And um,
2: already played it every time of every day possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we do win, of course, as, we,
1: as you mentioned, Peter, it will be the the only team we've beaten this season at home, and it would have been twice, which is a really weird yeah. that for the uh, pub quizzes in the future. That one. It's a big six um, yeah. pointer
0: that's what it is it's a big six yeah, pointer absolutely <laughs> so um,
1: <laughs> one, one final thing from me as well um, another Gunners fan Keith if you're listening you're a regular as well hello to you I haven't said hello to you on the show before um, you, you're another guy who's on a downer about um, Arsenal or you have been um, but with a soft spot for Albion so I won't say anything cheeky I want to keep you sweet um, but uh, maybe we'll get you on the show next time as well Um and as we've been saying with other episodes, um, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all our listeners. We'll probably be doing another one before New Year anyway, Peter, won't we? Um, yep. To in- infect the airwaves with even more nonsense. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> uh, from, from us, well, Jason, thank you for joining us. Thanks thank a you yeah, me Thanks, Jason. Thank you very much. Excellent. And uh, from Peter and I, it's uh, time to say,
2: stand or fall. Up the Albion.